This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. Breaking Boston is back for Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. And today, our job is to not break Boston. It's to try to put Boston back together. Yes, Entitled Town, the City of Champions 2.0. Now with the infamy, the inglorious distinction of being the only city to see two sports teams lose a Game 7 at home in the postseason to an 8-seed and it's difficult to distinguish heart between the two. Which one hurt more? The greatest regular season in NHL history, the Boston Bruins losing game seven in overtime at home to a team that ultimately has made their way to their respective sports finals, the Stanley Cup finals, the Florida Panthers going on an absolute heater in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And now the Boston Celtics losing after coming back from a 3-0 deficit in such heroic fashion that Derek White put back in Game 6 with the extra .9 seconds added back to the clock, all for naught, as Jimmy Butler's prophecy of returning to the Garden a year later after losing in Miami in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in 2022, his prophecy of coming back and having enough to get it done comes true. The Miami Heat decimate the Celtics in Game 7 And where do we begin a day later? I know we reacted immediately on WEEI. Hot, fiery, passionate fans were so disappointed, heartbroken, angry even. I'm not sure exactly if we're at denial, acceptance, grief, anger, whatever stage of grief we find ourselves in right now. I found myself 24 hours later a little more sympathetic to what the Celtics may have gone through in that the coach gets taken away, so the rug is pulled out from underneath them to start the season. Their star gets hurt in game seven. A lot of things didn't go their way. All Malcolm Brogdon's hurt. Time Lord's throwing up like Donovan McNabb. Then I also found myself angrier or more frustrated because no one stepped up. It didn't say anywhere. There was no contract that said Al Horford only was allowed to score eight points. It didn't say anywhere that Jalen Brown had to have his worst postseason game ever. So I'm still, I'm still so supremely disappointed in what this team ultimately did. Yeah, Miami took it from them, but Andy, that was not a championship caliber effort, and obviously they didn't deserve to advance any further. Yeah, you made the comparison to the Bruins, and you know I have this visual of, of like a cartoon where the Bruins are now handing the Celtics back their beer after they held it for them to <laughs> gag on their postseason, and then they kind of toast each other and say, hey, good luck next year, and walk off into the sunset because in some ways this was worse. I know the first round nature and the mm. fall off the cliff nature of the Bruins historically made it different, but the Boston Celtics, you could argue at least in two games 
didn't show up. Mm-mm. Absolutely, you know, to use Charles Barkley or Magic, like they embarrassed Celtic pride, Celtic history, franchise history in game three and in game seven, in my opinion. And yeah, there's factors, there's injuries, there's illness, there's different things, but they just didn't show up. I don't want to, as you said, I don't want to take anything from the heat. Those guys shot the hell out of the basketball. I, you know, while the Celtics are gagging, they're shooting like 50% from three. So they took full advantage of the opportunity. The door cracked. They kicked, which only, by the way, just, just to insert again, the heat only did that like four times all season. And they did that. That's not that. No, it's, it's so, so, but that's the thing. They rose to the How occasion. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And the Celtics sent like the Celtics cowered in the face of opportunity and the heat rose to the occasion. And then that's where it leaves you. Why? Why did they play above their level? And why did you play below your level? Like what happened with your coaching, your leadership, your culture? Cause it's heat culture. What, what happened in all those areas that allowed them to play so well, even in the face of their own, biggest gag job in the history of sports and going, you know, the, Oh, we're right on the horizon of being the first team ever. Well, not for very long because midway through the first quarter, you decided we're not letting that happen. I don't care whose court we're playing on what day it hey, is. We're up nine to so, four. We got this Miami. Why don't you guys board a, a new chartered flight home? Because you don't need to worry about going to Denver. We got this like, no, that actually, that cranked things up for them. It did. And so then we get to why, what needs to change? Why do the Celtics go to the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals then not be able to uh, finish the job? Because I don't know if you heard, it was unfinished business. Mm. That was the slogan that we should probably, I don't know, burn, send the T-shirts somewhere in Africa or something so we never have to see them again. There's going to be a whole pile of those. Uh, you know, Maybe what we can do is we can send the unfinished business ones to anyone who needs them. Uh, over in Africa or Asia, and then we can send the Celtics in seven T-shirts to South America. Yes, and and they can meet up somewhere with the nineteen and O Patriots shirts and have a nice little party. Why everyone knew it? You don't have to bring it up. Wait, there's no sponsored segment called scab picking on this show. You don't have to remind everyone. We know Andy. There's a lot of scabs to be picked, and it starts atop the list with the guy you mentioned, Jalen Brown, who I am. Generally, the greatest defender of Jalen Brown, and I still will, because oh. you mentioned it now we're 48 hours later. I'm still, even I was at a baseball game like, everybody, Jalen Brown, trade Jalen Brown. I'm done with Jalen Brown. Okay. Okay, so what you going to do? What you, I mean, because we, we rallied around two all-NBA players. He's second team all-NBA. You love it when it's 30 and 30, Tatum and Brown go for you know, the 60 plus points we've talked about so much all year that it was your foundation to winning games and everything you did successfully. So you want to run him out of town because I do know that people are fixating on the contract. And to me, the contract is irrelevant because it's just the effed up nature of NBA economics. He just happens to be first in line for the new age, super max made all NBA like Everybody, oh, he doesn't deserve to be the highest paid player in the NBA. No crap, you idiot. That's just the way it works. Somebody will pass him up immediately. Just like quarterbacks don't get paid in the NFL based on their actual abilities. They get paid on where the economics are going at the time that they need a contract, right? right? Joe Flacco's or Lamar Jackson. They're not the best quarterback. Tyler Murray would be one of the latest examples. Had no business getting paid the money he got paid. So... Take away the money. It's not your money, whatever cliche you want to use. Do you or do you not think Jalen Brown is part of a core that can win? And if you just say flat out no, 
the replication of ability, the skills that he and Tatum, two wings, blah, blah, blah. But remove the money from the equation. And I would also pull the Belichickian one or two days after you watched him play his worst playoff game, one of his worst games, forget playoff, mm-hmm. just one of his worst games. Yep. I keep saying kind of looked like he played the game on like a gravel driveway, an uneven surface where it kept hitting a weird rock and bouncing differently than he expected it to. But I mean, there's no, he said it, he stood up post game. I sucked. They needed me to step up and I didn't. He said all the right things after doing all the wrong things on the court. But do you really think now is the time to pull the plug? Like, now you want to go in a different direction and start pursuing trade opportunities or just build solely around Tatum? Because I thought the NBA was about having multiple stars and you need to have two top 10 players. Well, guess what? You have two top 10 players who are in the prime of their career. They're still in their mid-20s, trending toward late 20s, but mid to late 20s, um, and still early on in the I don't know if you've seen Fitzy. Jordan didn't win his title till 27, and this guy till 28, and this guy till 29. Oh, the stars are aligning. I saw the Bill Barnwell tweet almost immediately after the Celtics, oh, yeah. the final whistle blew, that Pippen and Jordan lost Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals by 19 points and then came back the next year and won three NBA titles in a row, and their ages actually align with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They should have traded Pippen. They should have traded Pippen that Totally, year, right? totally. Should have gotten rid of him. Yeah, I, I, and as unbelievably talented as Jason Tatum is, and as athletically gifted as Jalen Brown is, at the same time, I, the comp isn't worthy that we don't have the next Pippen and Michael Jordan among us right now. Do I think Jalen Brown is a great basketball player? At times, sure. Am I as heavily invested as perhaps yourself and other people in Jalen Brown's long-term success in Boston? No, I haven't been before. I've, I've said, I said it. A year ago, I said midseason, if he's unhappy here, trade him. If he's if if it seems like that's what it's going to take, even though, yes, you're right, you do need at least two superstars to win, although the Miami Heat kind of just proved that you don't. You could actually just have an entire team that comes together and plays clutch basketball at the right time, led by one superstar. Hey, Caleb Martin's a superstar. Uh, he's someone who played really well. I'll tell you what. Once I learned who he was, I'm now dubbing him a superstar. I'll, I'll tell you, okay, yeah. Once, once someone told me exactly who he was, an undrafted basketball player, no one had to. Who this Caleb Martin guy, and why is he hitting every shot? Every shot. And also, by the way, unjustly, unjustly, Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler's great and all. Don't get me wrong. I think probably for all the press conferences, for all the intangibles, for reputation alone, he wins Eastern Conference Finals MVP. But everyone knows Caleb Martin deserved it. Uh, that guy was lights out. And dare I say... Why can't we get players like that? Uh, why can't we get players like Max Struess, huh? But Caleb Martin was better than any member of the Celtics, anyone. That includes Derek White the entire postseason. And Derek White is somebody... You tell me Jalen Brown's going to get $60 million a year and Derek White's going to get $17 million a year. Now, I could sit here and go like, that's not fair. You tell me who deserves a bigger contract between the two. One is already signed. One is coming up. I understand how it works. Am I going to invest $60 million a year in Jalen Brown if we're going to now start to like look away from why this went the way it did toward what's what's going to need to change so that they don't get back there? To me... I'm not even mentioning Missoula. I'm not going to start with timeouts or his inability to get things going in a different direction, obviously, with it, when faced with adversity. Because to me, the same damn problems keep showing up. The same reasons why they lost to the Heat years ago. Same reasons why 
They went to the finals last year and lost the same reasons why they just lost to the Heat again. There was a Jason Tatum injury this time as well, which obviously sucked the air, as many have said, out of the garden immediately, off the bench and from the team. Hell, that may have even been why Robert Williams was uh, having a reversal of fortune in the locker room. Who knows? The same issues keep dogging them. No one can, like, they, they, they all puke on their shoes. When the, when the when the lights are too bright. Like, they, they they revert to hero ball mode. I don't think it's just a Jalen Brown issue, nor is it just a Jason Tatum issue. It's also a Marcus Smart issue. It's also an Al Horford issue. It's a team-wide issue. You can't have, like, a transfer of incompetence in the biggest moments from one coach to the next coach to the next coach. So where do you think it starts? I don't, I don't think Marcus Smart has the clutch to win as well. I would consider multiple changes to the roster. I really don't because the same damn things keep dogging them. And I don't know if some, you're not going to tell me that like Frank Vogel or Mike Budenholzer is going to come in and just be like, Shazam, all of you guys just grew up and discovered your clutch. I just don't think this core has the right chemistry. I agree. And now the one thing I think, I think it starts with the star. I think it often starts with the star, just like in, in Philly, I think it starts with Joel Embiid. He can complain that he doesn't have enough around him. But I think the the culture that is set by your star, and I'll use the, mm. the heat word, and I think Jimmy Butler sets a certain culture. As you mentioned, last June, what did he say? We'll be back. We will win it next time. We'll have enough. Like that mentality that he started a full 12 months earlier, and then he kept in this series, we're going to win. We're going to go up there. We're not worried. We're going to take care. Like his mentality is part of it. Now, his on-court play is also part of it, the way he tends to lift his game and be scrappier, more productive. Like, how many times did Reggie Miller say, it just seems like every loose ball finds its way to Jimmy Butler, or or Jimmy Butler finds his way to every loose ball. Like, there's a difference there. And I think that's an issue. I think you are, to some degree, who your superstar is. And I think that's going to be an issue as the Celtics continue to try to mature with Tatum, continue... and. You don't lessen the focus on that when you say humbly, I'm one of the best basketball players on the planet, and you don't do it consistently. You intensify you intensify it, yes. And I think <laughs> I think at times too, yeah, you you just did what the Celtics did. You gagged. And <laughs> indeed, because their star gagged. Exactly. Because their star doesn't show up in Jason, the first quarter or Jason, doesn't show up in the fourth quarter. Tatum gagged, Jalen Brown gagged, all of them did. As a matter of fact, like like I mentioned Marcus Smart earlier, but I'm going to give him a pass in this series because at least he and Derek White hit three-point shots. The Celtics, it's more than just Joe, Joe Missoula. Couldn't disagree more with Joe Missoula if I had to. Uh, they hit more shots. Yeah, okay, gr great point, Coach. Uh, we needed to shoot better from three. Okay, but you also didn't have to necessarily constantly shoot nothing but three-point shots as well. That's who they are. Exactly. I know, and we talked about Love that or hate a thousand it. times on our weekend show on this very platform and beyond. That's who they are. You and I particularly, we're not going to go full boomer, get off my lawn like I hate the modern NBA, but I don't like that as well. Yeah, neither of us do. Yeah, neither of us do. do. A lot of people it's don't these days, but it is what it what the modern game is. Uh, so go your stars. Except, oh, time out, yep. time out, time out, time out. Except, it, it is the modern game, uh -huh. but not in Miami. And Miami's still playing and you're not. Oh. So you don't have to bow down to, well, it's the modern game. Don't blame me. I'm Coach Missoula. Mm -hmm. I just play basketball the way basketball is being played. Whereas Eric Spolstra, mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler and company say, yeah, we'll hit an occasional three. We will take threes. It's part of the game. It's a way for guys to impact mm -hmm. the game. But it's not our be-all, end-all. Hey, Coach, we're missing threes. What do we do now? And Coach is like, 
I don't know. I thought maybe you'd hit more of them. Uh, take a few more and see what happens. <laughs> like, there's no answers. There's no answers when they're not hitting their threes, whereas the Heat, A, mm -hmm. aren't built solely around threes, and when they don't hit them, they find a way. Yep. Their star finds a way. Driving so. the lane, dishing the ball, inside to Adebayo, back outside oh, you for can a do jumper. That? Jimmy Butler with oh, those little okay? driving, where the, those pull-up fake eight-footers uh, on the baseline, those were money. Time and again, those were there for him all series long. Malcolm Brogdon complaining about the Celtics' lack of defensive identity. He was correct. That's an issue. That is a major issue. But it's, a, it's an issue on both levels. It's an issue that I think he's right. I don't know why they turned their back on their defensive identity and mentality. It's almost with the like, coach. well, and it's almost like he was, well, I'm the new guy. I got to put my stamp on this team and I'll show them like we, we didn't have good enough offense last year. So we're going to be an offensive team. Like he wanted to go away from the Ime Udoka uh, mentality, but it's also an issue that the coach is saying, no, we don't need to be less motivated by threes and driven by threes. No, we just, the only issue is we didn't shoot well enough. They shot better than us. And then one of your veteran core players who's been around, been around the league, and Malcolm Brogdon goes, well, our issue was defense. Like, So they're not even on the same page. No. We often talk about Bill Belichick. When you talk to a player post-game and you all of a sudden you see three players say something in a row, you're like, huh, betcha Bill Belichick said that to them mm -hmm. five minutes before they said this it to us. This is the talking Malcolm point. Brogdon, We're all on message. We're exactly. all on brand. Yes. So Joe Mazzulla is saying this. And Malcolm Brogdon's like, no, that's stupid. We didn't play a good enough defense. That's where it all started. Like, even that disconnect is a problem for this team and its culture and its leadership. It's just they're they're maybe this is the best thing that could happen to them in a lot of ways. Let's let's th maybe in a lot of ways it's the best thing that can happen because instead of just being carried, like Shaquille O'Neal said, like he would have punched somebody had they just kept chucking up threes during the game. Charles Barkley saying they don't play with any continuity or flow. It doesn't even look like there's a game plan. They're just chucking up threes, and if it doesn't work out for them, then they just lose and they completely fall apart. Maybe this will force the team to strip down some of the parts, do a live-in renovation, if you will, and try to get better because, I, I Andy, it's just not going to work. And maybe it does begin with dealing away smart. Maybe it does begin with dealing away Jalen Brown. I hate to say it, but uh, I got this pulled up from our friends at StatMuse. Jalen Brown in the postseason, it isn't just that he had a bad game in Game 7. He's not a good postseason player, period. Here's one of your super max guys, your, your tent poles. You're going to build around this franchise player. His career average in not just a couple playoff games, Andy, not just a few, 105 playoff games. He has played a season. He's played a full NBA season and a full postseason worth of games. 105 postseason games, 18 points, five and a half rebounds, 2.3 assists. That's fine. That's not great. It's yeah, it's fine. Nope. Fine, don't get it done. Fine sends you home. Fine, fine doesn't win trophies. Fine doesn't etch its name in stone. Fine puts you as a footnote in history that somebody has to look up on a website or in a big dusty book that makes a huge thud sound when you open it. Fine doesn't take home the ship. Now, we should mention there's already been reports um, from ESPN and others that the Celtics will give Jalen Brown, that this is not going to push them off the path toward giving Jalen Brown his extension okay. and offering the Supermax mm -hmm. deal. Um, and I know that's to the disappointment of many of the angry fan base who 
will never blame Jason Tatum for anything. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's like Donald Trump. He could kill somebody in Times Square and he'd still people would say Jalen Brown's fault. Jalen, I don't know how, but that's Jalen Brown's fault. The person who got in the way of the car or the firearms. No. Like uh, Jason Tatum is equally at fault, but I know I know they're gonna build a if they were gonna build around one, if if they were gonna trade one, Andy, who do you think would get traded? Well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the question is, why do you have to trade one? Do you have to trade one? That is the question that they face Correct. this offseason. Do you have? And I know the trades are, you know, Dame Lillard and whatever. The names are already being thrown around. Yeah, I don't think that's going to so, get it done either. Well, and, and that's my, like, what are you going to get? Like, are you going to do one of those trades where you get four future first round picks and two players? Because I don't love that idea. I don't really understand how that makes you a better basketball team, gives Jason Tatum a better chance to win a title, how 18 comes to fruition by taking – that's a step backwards. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. To me, you're not going to be able to likely get return on investment. You need to get – because I'm not a fan in general. I don't know how you feel about this, of trading the best player in a deal, any sport, and getting three or four players back like oh i'll get three or four mediocre players for this really good player. Uh, as a matter of fact i think this happened recently in town uh are we going to do a mookie bets deal for jalen brown i don't think people would be very happy about that although of last place Wong taste. Can, well, ah, okay well let's not get into the yeah but they have a winning record and they'd be in first place in three other divisions in baseball connor wong can play alex verdugo has turned into an all-star level player obviously marcus aka mookie bets is a generational talent and they didn't get quite the return on investment that they could or should have but by the very same token it wasn't as bad a deal now that it's had a, a couple years to play out as we initially thought it was to me eh, to me i mean it was I, as bad I as i initially i don't have the entire fix i haven't had time and I, it, i'm the last guy i'm not mark stein i'm no Windhorst. i'm no shams i'm no woge i can be a bit of a sham at times but i am no shams i don't have the grand blueprint laid out right now as to what the Celtics need. If I had to take a quick guess, I would say a big that can score more and is a more aggressive rebounder, a true point guard, um, and maybe a guy that can come off the bench and hit threes. They may have that guy in Gallo, Danilo Gallinari, who didn't even get to play a single minute of basketball this year because of that unfortunately torn ACL in the preseason. So in Italy, I don't know. But uh, I, I would... I would rattle the cage. I would shake things up a little bit because I think in Tatum and a couple other players, you've got enough to get back there, but someone's got to change the culture. Someone's got to change the tone or at least remind them of their pride. Uh, we'll see. This is a conversation that will continue for weeks on end. Obviously for the latest, please make sure to tune in to WEI from 6A to 10P each and every night. We're on the weekends, Fitzy and Hart, of course, and back here each and every morning with a hot cup of news, opinion, analysis, and so much more. Breaking Boston's job. It's a portable sports radio show in your pocket to get your day started and remind you of what's going on. Any final thoughts, Andy, before we uh, wrap this one up and try to continue to figure out why it happened and how they can prevent it from happening again? Avoid the reactionary blow-up. I think the re it would be regrettable. I think we will look back on it. I'm not saying that this is going to be the Bulls and this was like the last bad thing to happen and you're going to go on a title run. I just think the alternatives are not as appealing and we we make rash decisions when we're angry, personal lives included, and uh, don't do that. <laughs> Bring some sanity to this offseason. It's almost like you speak from a perspective uh, <laughs> of relatable experience, Coach. I could yep. I could have maybe used, I'll, and I'll end on this, 
Jalen Brown owning his spot. Jason Tatum disappointed with the injury and the way that he and the team responded in game seven. I wouldn't have minded if someone said, we have too much talent to perform like that. We'll be back next year and we'll find a way to finish the job. And no one did. And I'll just sort of leave that uh, presented without comment, as the kids say. Tomorrow we will be back breaking Boston. We will examine Bill Belichick's first words post Joe Judge special teams issue, the $50,000 fine, and the loss of two OTAs. For producer Koopa Leonard, by Jumbo Hart, this is at Fitzy GFY. We are breaking Boston and we will talk to you tomorrow.